Today's video is brought to you by Bombas. Hey, brother. Jay, it's always fun to sort characters from other fandoms into Harry Potter houses, but unfortunately we can't do that with Harry Potter characters because we already know their houses. But even on that note, even in the world of Harry Potter, sometimes it feels like we need more options because there can be so many different personalities inside of one single house. Like people can be more than one thing. They're not just brave or ambitious or smart or hungry. So today we have a solution. Today we are going to be placing Harry Potter characters into their Enneagrams. If you are unfamiliar with the Enneagram test, it is a personality test that has been around since the 1950s and has nine different categories that are all interconnected and represented by this diagram. It looks complicated, but it really isn't. And each category has its own awesome name, like the challenger, the enthusiast, the peacemaker. Me personally, I'm a three wing two, AKA the charmer. I have had so much fun learning about this. It is incredibly interesting. It has made me so much more self-aware. Or maybe even the better word is like heard. Like, yes, someone gets me. But then also maybe a little called out. Like, ooh, maybe they get me a little too well. It's so much fun. Let's dive in. Before we dive on in, I want to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Bombas. And before we start, let me just say, these socks are amazing. Raise your hand if you get that reference. No, but seriously guys, these socks are absolutely awesome. It's sort of insane how simultaneously they are like super cushioned and comfortable, but like also not too thick. Like seriously, they're just right. And they have a huge variety of like colors and patterns and fits and styles. So they've pretty much got you covered no matter where you are, whether it's the gym or the office or your weekly sock party with all your best friends. That is too a thing. Also though, Bombas just has an awesome mission as a company. For every pair of socks sold, they donate a pair of socks to someone in need. So if you would like to go and check them out, and I highly recommend you do, personally, I actually really love the no-show socks. I wear them all the time. Head on over to bombas.com slash supercarlinbros to get 20% off your first order. Again, that is bombas.com slash supercarlinbros. Link is in the description down below. If you are already a fan of the Enneagram test, you might also be aware that it can be as complicated as you want to make it. Like whatever number you are might also be associated with a wing number, which is like the number right next to it, where you also embody a lot of those characteristics as well. And like I said earlier, I'm a three wing too, but as far as the conversation goes today, we are just going to try to figure out the best character that represents each number. So let's go ahead and dive on in with the ones. Do you think we'll have like text on screen for these? A one on the Enneagram is often known as the perfectionist. They tend to be very studious, detail-oriented, and proactive, as well as overly critical and judgmental. They hate making mistakes and are often upset by rule breaking. Which, in case you can't tell, is basically a dead ringer for one Hermione Granger. I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed. Or worse, 
spelled. Hermione, especially for the first few books, is basically the walking definition of a one. Most of her focus is around her schoolwork and she just simply cannot help correcting others when they're wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. And she basically believes in procedure to a fault. Like for example, when she has Harry's brand new firebolt confiscated because we don't know where it came from, or when she can't stand it that Harry is beating her in potions by not following the directions in the book. But come on, Hermione, just crush the bean with the side of your blade. Produces way more juice. Those are rare circumstances though. And in general, you can tell that she is living the life of a very healthy one. Because while she does lead a life of responsibility and integrity, she does also accept the boys' misgivings about schoolwork and ultimately does help them. Speaking of helping though, let's move on to the twos AKA the helper. Twos are great at taking care of others, but often don't know when to say no. They care a lot about what people think of them and need to give off the impression that they like everyone, even if they don't. They are able to easily share their feelings and are generous with them as well. To me, there is not a greater, or should I say larger example of a Harry Potter character who embodies this than Hagrid. Almost all he does is help others and is nearly beloved by all except for Malfoy. Oh, you're gonna regret this. Class dismissed. He is constantly putting the needs of other people or creatures way above his own. Grop is quite literally physically hurting him on a regular basis, and he continues to help him because he's been abandoned. Aragog, the gigantic spider, gets him expelled from school, and he still finds him a wife and a place to live because he has nowhere else to go. Even the blast-ended Scroots are an illegal creation that could quite literally get him fired or set him on fire and are turning everyone off to his classes and yet he still stands by them as possibly even lovable. On the other hand though, while we don't see it that much, he does super care what other people think about him. For example, when it is revealed to the world that he is half giant, he like locks himself away from the world for weeks in self-pity. For the most part though, he takes tremendous pride in his work and how much Dumbledore trusts him. Hey Grit, usual I presume. No thanks, Tom, I'm on official Hogwarts business. And at the end of the day, he's always willing to lend a dustbin lid sized hand. Moving on though, let's talk about the threes, AKA the performer, AKA Draco Malfoy. Funny, do you? Okay, so one of the things that you should know about the Enneagram is that it can present in three different ways for each number. You can be healthy, average, or unhealthy. Hermione and Hagrid are both pretty healthy versions of the perfectionist and the helper. Draco, on the other hand, is a pretty unhealthy version of a three. Threes love being the center of attention and need people to understand what a winner they are. They are natural leaders and they're very competitive. Healthy threes can live with the idea that they are loved for who they are, not what they've accomplished. While unhealthy threes, on the other hand, are far less secure, which can lead to them acting superior to others. You'll soon find out that some wizarding families are better than others, Potter. They can make up fantastic stories about themselves to maintain their status, or they can just be downright mean and vengeful. Honestly, that's pretty much Draco to a T, but I don't know that it's 100% 
his fault. Growing up, he was led to believe that simply being a Malfoy essentially made him royalty. So when he arrived at school, he expected to be treated that way. But once he gets there, that's actually how everyone treats Harry. Harry Potter has come to Hogwarts. Which is part of the reason why he hates him so much and spends so much of his time and energy trying to figure out a way to knock him down a peg. And so from framing Harry in the trophy room in year one all the way to his schemes to literally kill Dumbledore in order to get his family in better graces with Lord Voldemort, Malfoy is absolutely an unhealthy three. Which brings us to the fours, AKA the artist. This one is pretty cut and dry. Fours don't like to be the ordinary. And I don't even know that I need to say any more for you to fully understand that the character in the world of Harry Potter that best fits into this category is Luna Lovegood. Fours are all about things that are unconventional. They are very creative and have probably dealt with feeling like they don't belong more than others. You're just as sane as I am. Luna is literally introduced to us, the audience, while reading a magazine upside down while wearing funny glasses and literally is given the name Looney. And by the end of the book, people have stolen and hidden all of her things from her. But she never lets any of this get her down and takes complete pride in who she is. And this is a mark of a very healthy four who can take all of the lobs of inferiority and just let them run right off her. On the other hand though, there is our very unhealthy number five, Severus Snape. Snape, Snape. Savarus Snape. Dumbledore! Fives are known as the investigator. These are often very smart, private, deep people who prefer to watch rather than to jump into the action, who value their thoughts more than their feelings, and like spending their time alone. And at their worst, become very judgmental, suspicious, and sarcastic, and don't like relying on others. That is the second time you've spoken out of turn, Miss Granger. Are you incapable of restraining yourself, or do you take pride in being an insufferable know-it-all? This is basically Snape at all times. He is constantly in a bad mood, he is always on the defensive, and he's constantly pretending to be a bat. Another trait of fives is this feeling or sense that you were invisible as a child. And once Harry goes inside of the pensive, this seems like exactly what Snape was going through as a kid. Interestingly though, I actually think that Dumbledore himself makes a very good example for a healthy five. Someone who has a vast amount of knowledge in many different areas and is able to communicate well with others, but still maintains a certain degree of privacy, even with people he knows well, like Harry. And speaking of people close to Harry, let's talk about sixes. Known as the loyalist, to me there is no greater representation of this particular category in the Harry Potter books than Remus Lupin. Sixes are very reliable, hardworking, and responsible. They are good at problem solving and getting others to work together. So think the lesson that Lupin comes up with on how to get students to deal with a boggart, or the creative way in which he has Harry learn how to deal with the mentors. But there are also often the pessimists, the ones who allow fear to dictate their decisions, or someone who has a lot of self-doubt about the decisions they've already made. You see this a lot with Lupin, especially when it comes to 
his family. He is convinced that marrying Tonks was a mistake and that she will ultimately resent him when the baby that they share together might share his condition as a werewolf. But certainly those moments do not define him as a character and under most circumstances, he responds well in crisis. He is able to trust his own experiences and of course is a great judge of character. Well, I'm very impressed. That suggests that what you fear the most is fear itself. But if you really want some fun characters, let's talk about Sevens, the enthusiasts. These are not going to be your pessimists, but rather the complete opposite. These are optimists. They are the life of the party, possibly the most popular people you know, and who a better fit for this one than the Weasley twins. Sevens are naturally very curious and have a kid in the candy store approach to life, which is just so fitting for the twins who curiously discover a secret entrance to a candy store. Even the fact that they are inventing new products the entire time they're at school, or even the fact that they literally leave school early all fits in with their sevenness. Sevens will frequently be preoccupied with a project they are super enthusiastic about and they hate endings. So why wait to graduate? Just launch a firework dragon and get out of there. Which brings us right into the eights, AKA the challenger, AKA Sirius Black. He's probably your best friend, unless he's your worst enemy. This fits perfectly with Sirius and how he treats Harry versus how he treats Snape. Sirius loves getting into confrontations with people just to see what they're made of. He welcomes all opposition and he acts on instinct. This is a huge part of the reason why Sirius in particular is just completely miserable being cooped up inside of Grimwald Place. Not only is he stuck in a place that he hates, but he also is unable to act on anything, which goes against like his core being. Eights do not like being controlled by others and fear being powerless. On the other hand though, a healthy eight, which is probably more like Sirius at school, is charismatic and charming, able to rally their friends and others to join them on whatever crazy adventure they're going on. Like transforming into animals illegally and playing with werewolves. Please eight responsibly. And that just leaves us with nines, AKA the peacemaker, AKA Harry Potter, the man himself. I mean, not for nothing, but he literally defeats the dark Lord and brings peace to the wizarding world. Like, need I say more? I'm going to. Harry is likely not a true nine because he definitely has lots of eight characteristics as well. That would be called nine wing eight. But like I said, we're not gonna get into that. But not not for nothing, but he does get two of his friends to jump down a trapdoor underneath a three-headed dog. So, you know. So again, please eight responsibly. Nine's motivation is typically going to be to keep things stable and to avoid conflict. Which, to be fair, I do think Harry would love. But like he says, I don't go looking for trouble. Trouble usually finds me. I'm just like glasses away from being Daniel Radcliffe. Either way though, trouble that he then has to deal with or else, you know, Voldemort wins. <laughs> but even for smaller things, like the endless number of spats between Ron and Hermione, Harry almost always ends up being the mediator and isn't 100% again until it's resolved. We left Cormac under the mistletoe. Cormac, that's who you invited. I thought it would annoy Ron the most. This personality trait though, is what makes Harry such an effective protagonist. Healthy nines are very inspiring and inclusive, selfless, like, you know, willing to sacrifice their life for everyone else. 
And there you go, guys. Those are the nine Harry Potter characters that we believe best embody each of the nine from the Enneagram test. For my question of the day, have you heard of the Enneagram test before? Do you know what number you are? And do you agree with the character that we paired you with? Be sure to let us know in the towel section down below. And if you want to take the Enneagram test yourself, it takes about 40 minutes and costs $12, but we will leave a link down below. I do highly recommend it. I think it is very interesting to like get a better idea of who you are. But guys, as always, thanks for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like to see some more sorting action from us, you can check out this video right here to see me and Jay get sorted into Hogwarts houses again for 2020. Or you can check out this video right here where we sort Pixar characters into Hogwarts houses. But otherwise, guys, that's all I've got for you today. I will see you on Tuesday.